Hey, this is my wife, Robin, and... Um, Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm so glad she agreed to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation. Conversation. A conversation about marriage, <clears throat> and uh, we're, we're excited. And the reason we're having this conversation about marriage is because it's... It's complicated. complicated. Yes, it's complicated, isn't it? Marriage is complicated for so many different reasons. And we want to talk a little bit about the complication of marriage and how difficult it is. Um, and then we want to maybe give some, um, some ideas, some, some things that, that God might have for us to, uh, to better our marriage, to strengthen our marriages. And it's for all of us, us included. Yes. We, are, we do not have this formula of how to be successful in marriage. We're working on it ourselves. We have goals that we've set for ourselves, and we've been married 23, almost and a half years. 23 and a <clears> half <throat> years. And we're still learning new things about each other. And some of you are like, that that's, you guys are, you have no idea. That's, some of you are <laughs> thinking, you have no idea. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We have so much, we have so much to learn. But but we think we can learn from each other. I mean, wherever we are in the journey, we think we can we can learn uh, from each other, and that's, that's what we want to do. It's complicated. Now, here's the deal. We've got a short time today. Books upon books have been written on marriage, so we will not say everything about marriage. There's no way for us to do that. Um, some of you who are not married today, you might be thinking, what does this have to do with me? Some of you want to be married one day. Some of you have no interest in being married whatsoever. And uh, so hopefully something that we say today might move you in a good direction and ultimately, marriage here on the earth is a grand picture. So don't miss this. Marriage on earth is a grand picture of the relationship between Jesus and the church, right? And there is this sacrificial love that Jesus showed for the church and that the church should also show for Jesus. And um, marriage is just a little glimpse of that. So um, we, we don't have a big, grand, uh, uh, overarching picture of marriage. There's so many, like I said, so many things that we're not going to say and not going to define and, and all of that, but we are going to point out a few things. And here's one uh, place that I want to start is that um, marriage, I, I'm seeing more and more as a pastor, marriage is oftentimes a selfish pursuit that we enter into marriage to have our, our needs met. We enter into marriage with the concept that God has given me someone to meet my needs because my needs are really important. And, uh, and while we all have needs, God's vision of this deep companionship in marriage is about moving us together on a journey to see the fulfillment of the other. Does that, does that make sense? Like, um, God will use Robin probably more than anyone else to make me more like Jesus in my life. Now, that's frustrating to me at times. <laughs> Right? The accountability, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and just the, you know, the, just that long journey towards mm -hmm. Christ. Like, the one who's closest to me, who knows me best, it seems a little unfair. But, but God will use Robin in this journey of, of companionship and partnership um, to, to move me closer to Jesus. And so that I might be made fully in his image. 
And I think that's really important for us to, to reset our minds on God's original intent for marriage and not see marriage as just something that's fulfilling my need. Are you with me? So married couples, I want you to, if you can, in your mind, reframe marriage to be seen as this sacrificial, self-giving love in order for the two of you to journey closer to Jesus and more to the likeness of Christ in each other. It's not simply a partnership in order to get your needs fulfilled. That's not, that's like uncomfortable, isn't it? Because <laughs> I, I need my needs met today. And many of you are like, well, I, I brought my spouse because I wanted Matt to tell me that my spouse is supposed to meet my needs each and every day. And where all that's important, uh, needs and, and things, that's not the primary, like sacrificial self-giving love is that, that goal. So um, that being said, marriage is complicated. It is complicated. Because when we, we're complex. Yeah. And when we, when we were been talking about this week coming up, we look back at, you know, 23 years ago and how we chose to commit this lifelong journey to each other, and we hardly knew each other. I oh, mean, my gosh. I, <clears throat> we were standing across from each other, like, at our wedding, yeah. and I thought, I know everything I about you. I love this person. I love you more than I will ever, ever. love you <laughs> right now. I didn't even know who she was. I, it's so funny. And then we started talking about our family history and how we bring all of that baggage, even from our parents, what we've grown up in, and we bring that into a marriage. I don't even think we knew that stuff. We didn't know, we didn't know it like we know it today. Yeah. And listen, so many of us walk into marriage thinking we're marrying just a person with a blank slate. No, we're not. It's not true. <laughs> don't, like if you're not married and you think, okay, one day I'm going to find someone and it's going to be a blank slate. It is not a blank slate. Listen, my dad's family was a mess. And I can say this, and if he watches, he won't. But if he watches, it'll be <laughs> fine. He'll, he'll, he'll agree. Um, their, his parents' marriage was, was a bit of a mess. I've said this many times. My dad's father was an alcoholic who was abusive, um, ended up taking his life. And um, because of that, it handed to my dad some incredible baggage in his life. And he brought that into his marriage with my mom, who had her own baggage in marriage. She probably will watch this, so I'll just keep it at that. She had <laughs> some stuff in her past that their marriage was complicated. And now listen, when those of you who are married and you're thinking about your spouse right now, think about also their parents and their parents. And, and two generations is plenty because it's complicated enough just two generations. And you're the same. Like, yeah, I mean... You know, we were talking about my, my dad grew up in a home where love was not expressed physically, like with hugs and um, nurturing, nor was it expressed verbally. And so growing up in that and then trying to marry someone and love well and love your kids well when you really don't have that set example, that was tough. And working hard to break that cycle of abuse, um, it's tough. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, it's marriage complicated. is complicated because you both bring baggage from your families of origin into the marriage. Yeah. But that's not the only reason marriage is complicated. And you guys are like, this is like elementary school. Duh. We're at elementary school right now. <laughs> Last week, we talked about self-discovery. Like, 
we're complicated on our own without the baggage that we all have. Did you know that? Like, you're complicated and complex as an individual in what you bring. And, and um, we've been learning a we've lot about that. We've learned a lot that. about that. I would say, in a lot of ways, we're opposites. Would you say that? Yeah. And opposites attract. And I've also heard that in marriage, opposites attack. <laughs> um, but we have learned so much like really <laughs> in the last few years when we've kind of jumped into the Enneagram. Were you yeah. all here when we did that Enneagram series? Um, yeah. That has been so transformative for us in understanding each other, how Matt is a one perfectionist, and um, what's the other word? Not necessarily perfectionist. Annoying. No. Okay. <laughs> Controlling. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are using painful words right now. Don't hurt Matt's feelings. <laughs> um, That's what, fine. What, no, it was... Is, okay, and then I'm a, I'm a nine, where I'm a peacemaker, and I, I, I not only avoid conflict, I just don't have conflict. I just don't want it at all. And so where Matt is um, so good about wanting to face it and let's work through this, I'm like, can I just go crawl under the covers and wake up tomorrow and pretend this didn't happen? And so we've learned so much about each other, and it's given us a compassion toward each other. And so I think self-discovery and understanding who you are at your core is so helpful as you walk out this marriage and, and each other like yeah. like so the enneagram it's not an end all and the purpose of the enneagram is just not to like i said define yourself excuse your own behaviors or to put someone else in a box but it helps us understand motivations beneath the surface and so a one um wants to get things in order we want to make things right that's the motivation that's down there and so it's not that i'm overly critical just to be critical it's I'm trying to get things in order and make things better. And you understanding that about me is incredibly yeah. helpful. Mm -hmm. And a peacemaker, that underlying motivation. Is I want peace. I want peace with you. I want peace with God. I want peace in my heart. I just want peace. And, and you can <laughs> see everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want like this person to be right, this person to be wrong. Everybody's perspective is important and all of that. And I'm like, but there is someone who's wrong here. <laughs> and. That, that makes marriage complicated. <laughs> yes. um, when, you, when you have different personalities and what you're bringing to the table is so different. I, we said this last week um, when we were talking about self-discovery is that um, when we ignore brokenness and, and the brokenness that we have and the pain that is in our lives individually, we normally, what, what, what usually happens is we cause pain and brokenness in someone else's life. You've heard hurt people hurt people. That's the idea here, is that when we ignore the reality of what's happened in our life and the brokenness that is a part of all of us, uh, Paul makes this really clear in Romans, for all have sinned. Like, you're broken, I'm broken. All of us have sinned. When we ignore that, what we do is we tend to pass that along to someone else. Now, this is magnified and multiplied in both marriage and parenting, right? If you ignore the reality of what you've walked through and the brokenness that you're in right now, that will be magnified in marriage. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to just to, to sweep over it and act like it's not there, it will be magnified in this relationship and then what you pass on to your kids. So it's, it's important to, to plug, in, um, plug into that. Okay, one, one other little piece of, um, I think, this this complexity of marriage is desires versus, versus expectations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not there yet, but that's, that's, that's a good thought. Oh, <laughs> there it goes. Um, 
desires versus expect. It'll come back, I promise. Um, desires versus expectations. And we heard this years from ago. Some, yeah. Years some, ago, yeah. probably in the early years of our marriage, we watched a sermon series called um, I, I Marriage. marriage. Yeah. And um, the pastor talked about how we all have these expectations of what we think marriage is going to be like. And we have desires of what we think it's going to be like. You know, I think I thought, oh man, marriage is going to be so full of love and romance and we're going to cuddle every night. And it and, is. Yeah. That's what like, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and, it, and it was so key for us to shift our um, perspective of what, what are your expectations or what are my expectations and talking through that. Um, write, write this down if you have a pen or in your, your mental thought. Um, desire and expectation. And the concept of desire is I hope this, an expectation is, it will be it this. Will be this. <laughs> yeah. And when you walk into marriage, so you have these, these desires, like I hope it's romantic and that we cuddle every night. And, um, and then like we climb into bed one of the first nights of our marriage and I was like, are you going to turn out the lights and I was before like, no. you get in bed? And she was like, no, why would, like, I'm like, but you left the lights on in the kitchen and it's bright and I'm not going to be able to sleep. And she was like, well, let's just cuddle and you can go turn them <laughs> off later. And I was like, but you turned them on. <laughs> like you turn on the lights in the I kitchen. I think this might have been the biggest fight of our marriage for a long time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Bar Nate Bargatze, he says, yeah. you know, almost all fights in marriage are ridiculous. Like, well, 90% of them um, 10% the cops show up, but the other <laughs> 90% like ridiculous fights, and this was one of them, and I'm like in bed, and she just wants to cuddle, and you know, and, um, and you just want the lights off. I just off. want the lights off, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you turned them on, you turn them off. Like, I'm a one, and that's what should happen. I see some of you agreeing with me, yes. <laughs> and if you open a cabinet, just close the cabinet. Oh, so here we go again. all that to say, this, <laughs> all that to say, we walk into marriage, um, and, and what should be a desire as we walk into marriage, what we should hold as a desire, sometimes we move into a box that is defined as expectations, and when that person doesn't meet what we expect to happen in that marriage, it gets complicated. Mm -hmm. It gets difficult. It gets tense, and all of a sudden, we're turned back inward on, you're not meeting my needs, my needs mm -hmm. right? So it's complicated. All these pieces are are complicated. So um, our first year of marriage, I met with a, a mentor named Jeff Janess, and Jeff was awesome. Um, he was a friend in, in the church, and I felt like he was a financial wizard, and we sat down and we talked money, which money is an interesting thing in marriage as well. It's complicated. <laughs> um, so we talked money, and he laid out, and he had a chart for this. Some of you financial advisors, this is awesome when you lay out a chart like this to help us understand. He said, Matt, if you will put away X amount of dollars every month in your, in your life and, and, and just put it away and don't think about it, when you get to retirement, you're going to have a lot of money. And I'm like, but that's not very much money. And he said, there's this law of compounding interest. Have you ever heard of the law of, it's it's miraculous. And so he said, he, he laid out a chart. I can, I can almost see it in my mind that um, he said, if you start putting this away from the time you're 21 years old, which I was, um, every month until you're 35 years old, and then you stop, which you shouldn't, but he said, if you stop at 35, if there's someone else 
who you're graduating with who starts at 35 and puts that same amount of money every month until they're 65, who do you think will have more when you retire? And I said, well, they will. They've put so much more in, they'll have more. And he said, no, 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 the law of compounding interest says this, this person will, you will. It's amazing what small deposits do over a long period of time. And um, what I've learned is that's more true about marriage than it is about money. Mm. Now come with me. Small deposits made over a long period of time will do more to enhance your marriage or tear your marriage apart based on what kind of deposits you're making into your marriage than anything else in life. So what seems to be a small deposit today will have huge differences over the long haul. And some of you who have been married 50 years who are in the room today would agree with that, right? Can I get an amen from someone who's been married 50 years? It's true, isn't it? Or 45 years or 40 or however many. It's true. Those small deposits made intentionally over the long haul will feed your marriage. And that, that's what this, this slide was saying, that the state of your marriage today, if you want to know about your marriage today, why it is what it is, the state of your marriage is a reflection of what you've invested in it and what you've allowed into it in the past. It is what you've done and what you've allowed. And if you want a better marriage in the future, start investing today, small deposits, and be careful what you allow into your marriage because that will make a huge difference down the road. Okay. Like, let's transition. Okay, let's transition. Yeah. We came, when, as we were talking about... Robin was like, are you just going to talk about money? Like... <laughs> Um, you know, as we were talking about this week, we, we kind of wanted, we wanted to come up with five things um, that um, is our great focus for our marriage, good goals for any marriage, in particular ours, we kind of took from what we've yeah. kind of put our stake in the sand. And the first one of those is seek God. Um, as a couple, we've chosen to seek God together from the beginning, and that's putting Christ at the center of our relationship and then our individual relationships. And um, for me, like setting my heart and my mind on Jesus and trusting and asking for wisdom and humility and compassion in this relationship helps me love you so much better than I could on my own. Inviting God into our story, into our marriage, um, allows us to love each other so much better than we could on our own. Yeah, and, and what I would say like those of you who are single who hope to be married one day, I know we have some college students and some different people in the room. What I would say is that um, you're seeking maybe that spouse, like you're looking for them. Seek God first and seek your spouse second, and that will be a huge uh, payoff once you get into marriage. Because if that's your intention is to seek God first, and that becomes the foundation once you enter into this, it becomes so much easier when Christ is the foundation than when that other person. See, that's what we do is we put that other person in the place of where God should be. When we seek them first, we're expecting them to fulfill something that only God can fulfill in our lives. So seeking God um, first. Uh, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and, and do the right thing, live righteously, and then all these things will be added to you as, as well. You want a great marriage, seek God first. And that sounds so strange to people who aren't in faith. Yeah probably like, what, what does that mean? What does that even yeah. mean? Yeah. So let's give a couple of examples okay. of how you can do this today and tomorrow. Well, you're already doing it today if you're, if you're here, but how you can do this mm -hmm. in the next few days. Yeah. Go. I mean, praying together. And I, I, I mean, even, I think that sometimes 
it's, it feels so intimate to pray together, and um, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to do. It was, oh, it's yeah. been hard for us to do yeah. in our own marriage, but praying together. And it doesn't have to be these, you know, lofty prayers that last for 20 minutes. You know, even I think last night we were praying about this morning, and you just said, God, I just pray that you would give us your words and your wisdom. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just simple prayers together, and it, it binds you together. Yeah, we have, we have some uh, really close friends uh, that uh, we've had for years, and this was their one thing. We're going to pray together every night regardless of what's going on. When we get in bed, we're praying together, and we're not going to miss it. And that is a great goal mm -hmm. if you're married. When you get in bed, pray together every night if you can. And if you miss one day, don't miss two. Craig Rochelle says that. If you mm -hmm. miss one, don't miss two. Yeah. Like, Simple, easy prayers. Um, and then I would say the, the second thing, I think version has made this um, incredibly easy to do. Do a version reading plan together with your spouse. There's all kinds of ones tucked in there like um, about marriage and to help you focus on this relationship and let it be based on scripture. So do a version reading plan together. That's how you can seek God together. And now you're talking about and taking in the same things. And then um, worship together regularly. Um, let me ask you this question. Those of you who are married, if, if, um, if you told your spouse once a month that you loved them and you did something once a month to show your love for them, would that be enough? No. That wasn't as resounding as I was hoping it would be. No, no, like, that's not enough. Like, once a month, like, I, I, if I told Robin, hey, I, I love you, I think you are beautiful, which she is, she's gorgeous, and if that ever changes, I'll come back and let you know, but yeah. just let that be, you know, let that be enough. Like, can't that be enough that I told her once? Like, I committed, I came to the altar, I gave you a ring, I put a ring on it, I mean, come on, isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. Now, let me, like, a little side thing. The same is true in your spiritual life. Sometimes we, we deprioritize like worship and the gathering of the body. Some of you are like, oh, here he goes, like this <laughs> side sermon. It kind of is a side sermon. The picture of our faith in the church and God and Christ is one of marriage. And if you only tell God you love him once a month, like you're missing out on something that God has for you. It's not something he wants from you, it's something he wants for you. There's something beautiful that can happen when you commit, when you seek God on a regular basis. Do it together in worship. I love seeing couples together in worship. You guys sit on the front row a lot. Today you decided to stay a little bit further back <laughs> for some reason. Derek and Jamie, I love seeing you guys in worship together and you guys are expressive in worship. Sometimes you're raising your hands. I, lo I love that. Uh, Bloxums, I see you sitting there. Normally you're in the upper deck, but you got a little closer to that. I like that. <laughs> like all these couples, the Terrells right here, they normally sit over there. I don't even know what you're doing over here, People but are here throwing you are. Us off today. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um, those of you who, like, like, when you commit to being in worship together and, and putting your faith as, as a foundation, it helps in marriage. It, it makes marriage different. So seek God together. That's enough about mm -hmm, that one. Sorry. Right. I, I just kept talking. I know, Sorry. I know. Okay, moving on. The next one is fight fair. 
That's hard. And, you know, like we were saying, Matt and I are opposites. And so the, the way we do our conflict management resolution is very different. Yeah, I do and, it right. And I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I see all sides. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this, like, one of our worst fights, you know, mm-hmm. I am such a let's deal with it now kind of person. How many of you want to deal with, with conflict today, like right now? Don't let it pass. Like, let's get through it. How many of you are like, let's walk away, take a breath. I don't want to say anything that I'll regret See? later. Yeah. So you. keep your hand up. Those, those, the second one, keep your hand up. You guys are wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we're going to have a moment of repentance. And just a, so, um, no, here's, here's why that is so complicated. And those of you who are in marriage, you know this. And so understanding one another's uh, conflict style, and re- fighting style. And respecting style, it. And, and respecting yeah, yeah. it is so important. So I, early in marriage, like I tried to force you into my Have conflict. Have a conversation. Res- yeah, yeah. Like, and you were like, I just need a break. And you, you said to me, if I don't get a break, I'll say something that I regret later. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I, we got to get through this. Say it. And she said it. And I was like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I said, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm super calm in moments like that and like real reserved. And I was like, that, I just need you to know that hurt my soul. And then I exploded. My head <laughs> came off. But um, James gives us some really good advice, uh, I think, when it comes to conflict, especially in marriage. He says this, be quick to listen and slow mm-hmm. to speak. And I would say this that in marriage, one of the things that's been so helpful to us, and this is from other mentors, it's not because we figured it out or we have it perfect, is that we are on the same team. We have the same goals in mind. Did you know that? Like in marriage, we have the same goals. It's for both of us to be fulfilled. And, and so we have the same goals. So to be reminded that, that in this moment, it's probably a misunderstanding. And so instead of fighting so that you would understand me, I need to fight to understand you. I, I need to, to try as hard as I can. I'm going to be slow to speak so that I can understand you before I fight that you might understand me. Does that make sense? Is, is that a little, like, I need to be understanding first, and then I can bring my perspective. So here's some quick um, things that you could maybe put into practice. Yeah, one thing that we com- made a commitment to each other from day one was that we would never, ever, ever throw out the, the D word, divorce. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, huh. Not that D word, but um, <laughs> divorce. I mean, it just never has been a part of a fight or an argument. It's, it's never up for discussion. I mean, it just, we are wholly committed and we're working through this. We love and respect each other. We're on the same team and we want the same, we want the same things. Yeah. Yeah, we're just yeah. never going to throw that around. No, never. Yeah. That, so, um, kind yeah. of a, oh, go ahead. No. Well, I, I was just going to say, in the same vein, when you fight, we, the you always or you never, um, those statements we've learned. Are not are, helpful. No. Yeah. Not helpful. And they're not true. Like, the fact yeah. to say, you never do this, that's probably not true. We want to say it because we want to be understood in the, in the moment. So being careful about what language you use in, in the fighting mm-hmm. and the buttons that you push, you know your spouse's buttons, and sometimes you get into those fights and you're just pushing buttons because you want to make them mad. Don't do that. Like, just don't push 
push yeah, those, the buttons. Yeah. yeah, those are our tips for fighting yeah. fair. Okay, so yeah. seek God, fight fair, and you're going to work through these. This, oh, my goodness. I know. <sighs> this one's fun. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> like, in, like, put into your, your marriage some, some fun. Um, in Ecclesiastes, I, I love this. I use it almost in every wedding that I, that I do. Um, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, relish life with the spouse you love each and every day. Like, relish life. I, I love that. And um, he, he continues, you should look this up. He, he continues with some other things, and he says, whatever turns up in life, grab it with both hands and do it with your whole heart. That kind of thing. Like, so have fun in marriage. Like, remember mm -hmm. that this companionship, like, we can enjoy this too. Like, this is a fun thing. So, so have fun. Um, relish life with the spouse you love each and every day. How, how have we done this and how have we learned from some mentors? Yeah, you know, uh, I think we read a book one time and it said without romance, without adventure, without physical intimacy, it without fun with each other and what this gift that God's given us, then marriage just becomes a business, you know, no. um, transaction. No. And, um, and so being intentional about regular date nights. And, I mean, we've gone through seasons where we've been having regular date nights. And then yeah. we're in se seasons where, we, where it's hard to do that, traveling together, adventuring together. There are seasons when we can, when we can get away together. This, the last two years have been really hard for really anyone to get away together. Um, and so there are seasons where we're not um, able to travel and rediscover the friendship that we share and how we love to be together and have fun. Um, and I think for us, we remember yeah. the times that we've had and where we come and go, my yeah. gosh, here's, I'm, here's I love that. having fun with you. Yeah, we're reminded. We're yeah. like, I actually like yeah. you too. That's, um, so keep, yeah, go on to that next one, uh, that slide where you were with the Craig Rochelle quote. When you're married, fun is not a luxury, it's a requirement. Remember that. That, that fun is necessary in, in marriage without romance, adventure, physical intimacy. I mean, come on, that's fun. <laughs> Robin was like, now be careful what you say. So I'll just keep going. Without fun, marriage is reduced to a simple business arrangement. You're like partners in a company, two, two roommates who just split expenses. That, like, that's not what marriage was intended to be. Mm -hmm. Um, have fun. So the other two, and, and we'll do this quick, serve first. Um, so often, like I said, we're looking to get our, our needs met. We're waiting for our spouse to serve us, but choose to serve first. And the scripture that everybody hates, every, you will not like this passage of scripture, but I'm going to, like, it's, it's in the Bible, so don't email me, um, cam at mcdowell.church, email the Bible, bible at bible.com. Um, it says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is an unpopular thing in our world because no one wants to submit to anyone else for any reason. We all want to be individuals who can do whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it, but that is not the best kind of life. And God says, submit to one another. Put your spouse's needs above yours and submit to them and it doesn't just mean that you do everything they want you to do, but it means that you're, you, you value and love them to the point at which you're willing to lay aside some of your own desires in marriage for the good of the whole. Men, he goes on. I, I, we don't like the submit thing. And so 
Paul goes on and he says this, husbands, be willing to lay down your life like Jesus loved the church and gave his life up for her. Jesus not only submitted his position in heaven to be one of us, Jesus went to the cross and was brutally beaten and put to death for things he didn't do because of his love for us, humanity, the church. He died for it. And Paul says, you want a great, you want a great marriage? Submit to one another. And, and guys, if you don't know what that means, be, oh, there we go. <laughs> Got one. If you want to know what that means, it means lay down your own desires and life for the good of the other. I, there's so many things I want to do, but it's better not to do those things that I want to do for the good of this, for the good of this. And this is so much more fulfilling than me chasing all the things that I want to do. And, and I'm, I'm, a long way, I'm a long way from it. Um, we're still learning as we go, but serve first. Man, I just, I keep talking too much. Okay, like, find friends. Okay, find friends. Um, I, man, we've had really sweet seasons in our life of really tight community of friendships. And it's life-giving to us as a couple where you find your community of couples, of friends who are on the same journey, who have the same goals, who, are, um, who love Jesus, who want to pursue God in their marriage, who want to pursue God in their parenting, who want a healthy lifestyle, um, and not just physically, I mean emotionally, relationally, and it's life-giving. It, walking through seasons that are tough with friends, walking through seasons that are joyful um, with friends. We, we have some old friends that we do virtual dates because they live in another state now. And we actually we do like, virtual we, date we, we FaceTime <laughs> with virtual date night and we bring some food and stuff and we just sit there and talk because there's something so rich about encouraging one another and supporting one another and, and holding each other accountable to certain mm -hmm. things. So find, find some good friends. Okay, two last things. Oh, uh, I was just going to say one thing. We say this to our kids a lot, but it, I think it, it applies to all of us, even in marriage, and who we surround ourselves with is, show me who your friends are, and I'll show you what your future looks like. Who you're surrounding yourself with, if you want that lifestyle, that's going to be it, because whatever their lifestyle is, is you're all headed in that direction together. And it's so important mm. to find those people did, who... Did you hear that? <clears throat> That's like, that's some good stuff right there. Like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like, you're headed together somewhere. Be really intentional about where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay, okay two yeah. last things and then we'll, we'll be done. Yeah. You, um, so, Ann Landers, years ago, did you know Ann Landers? Like, years ago, um, I've, I read this, this is such a great quote. Neglect the rest of the world if you have to, but never neglect each other. Forget the rest of the world if you have to, but don't. Don't neglect this. It's, it's so, 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 so important. And listen, both sides does this. We do this all the time, don't we? Some of us do it for our work. So, some of us neglect this because we, we value this more, our work, our, our efforts, our status, our position, all, all of that. And others of it, we, we do it for different reasons but we all at times neglect each other. Don't do it. And, and then I want to say this. I want to encourage some of you. Some of you um, are sitting here today and, and you are 
you're feeling like your marriage is in a rough place, and um, we go through those seasons. All of us go through those seasons. We do. We go through those seasons where it feels like, oh my gosh, I don't even know who you are anymore. (laughs) This is hard. And it's hard and difficult, and there's seasons that you throw kids into the mix, and it even... You know, that really complicates. Yeah, it, it complicates things even more. There's and, and I would just say, don't give up. I want, mm-hmm. like, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Make some small deposits today that will make a huge difference in the future. But don't give up. Don't just walk away. And I would say this: that um, I don't know anyone. And as a pastor, I, you know, sit with people from time to time and hear all kinds of stories about divorce and unfaithfulness and all that kind of stuff. And I, my family is a family of divorce, my family of origin. And I don't know anyone who would say, I woke up one day and made a decision to be unfaithful that day. It was a slow series of events that led me to that place. And wherever your, your marriage is today, it's a slow series of events that gets you there. And if you want a better marriage, you can make some decisions today to move you in that direction. And then um, Ephesians is such a powerful uh, book of the Bible. R- read Ephesians. But Paul, Paul writes this, God can do anything. Like God can do anything. Far more than you can ever imagine or guess or dream. He, he does it not by pushing you around, but by working within us. His spirit works in us deeply and gently. And that's, that's the truth. God will work in you if you'll give him space and if you'll make him the foundation of, of this relationship, your, your marriage. So, gosh, um, I'm so sorry we ran this late, um, but marriage, I think, is such an important topic. And guess what? It's, it's complicated, complicated. <laughs> so we got to spend some time on it. Would you stand with us? And um, thanks for being here today and, and focusing on your worship of God. Um, so I, I meant to say this at the beginning, your journal is in the wrong order. This week was supposed to be a different week, and it's complicated how that happened, but <laughs> we switched that one, and I think we're going to switch one other one um, coming up, but this week is something different. Go ahead and do the marriage week, and then come back to that one next week. We'll get back on track. Cool? I love you. I'm thankful for you. Invest in the things that matter most, and you'll see a huge benefit in the future. Amen? Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.